Hello and welcome back to the latest episode of the Master None Podcast. Uh, I'm your host as always, Stephen Murphy. I'm joined by the usual crew here, Westy and Sam. Sam rocking the sweet lantern jersey. We watched the game, actually, that uh, game, obviously, the jersey was worn. One Sir Connacht, was, uh, I was watching it with Westy. Emotional scenes, Westy. Westy just teared up seeing Tiernan O'Halloran gallop across the line. Um, beautiful thing. Beautiful thing, yeah. And cool jerseys. Um which haven't yet been... They only wore them once, right? Wes, you were saying that. Only once. Yeah, yeah, that was the only game they wore them for. Was it for charity, Sam? Was there, uh, a yeah, there was a charity element to it, but BLK did a whole series of them. So Ospreys, because they were black, got a oh, was right, Batman, yeah. and I think it was... Was it Ooh. Rebels in Australia got Superman? And there was the Flash one, one of the French teams who were red got Flash. So there was a whole series of them. They did it over the same like course of a week. Who got Ant-Man? Hmm? That, Ant-Man's who got Ant-Man? Ant-Man. Marvel, not DC. Jesus oh Christ. Jesus Christ. Get right. I didn't know I, I was doing the podcast with two they nerds. Missed, get a life. <laughs> they an absolute trick. Yeah, get a life. They missed a trick not putting the ref in a daredevil one because the referee's blind. That would have been the Oh, best. that would have been good, yeah. That would have been good. Can't see, the ref, can't see the referee signing on to that, but yeah, apart well, from ben, that, White, ben Whitehouse couldn't see anything, so we'll uh, leave it at that. We dis- we discussed actually Ben. Why are we talking about this game? Uh, <laughs> Always going to We're going to somehow in a Super Rugby Row podcast get mentioned. Superheroes, uh, Super Rugby. Yeah. Connacht always get mentioned. I refuse yeah. to do a podcast. I plug in Connacht. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, uh, I'll just uh, speaking of plugging, uh, check out if you haven't already. I did a podcast last week with Dr. Brian Higgins. Um, from Gower Primary Care, uh, very interesting man, knows a lot about sports, sports injury, injury prevention, um, and goes into actually cryotherapy as well and some of the myths and truths about that. Uh, so check that out, it's on uh, obviously the podcast and then it's also on YouTube and small snippets, um, including Sean O'Brien's hip resurfacing surgery, which sounds extremely painful. Well, um, everything sounded horrendous. Yeah, it does, but <laughs> well, check check that out on YouTube. Um, but obviously this week we're focusing on uh, week eight of the Super Rugby Arturoa. I know it's very because it's eight weeks, two months of Super Rugby, and and it's still still producing the the goods. So Saturday morning, Crusade. Or sorry, uh, forgive me, Hurricane. Or oh, I've had two two massive mess mess ups. Next uh, one, you're up. Next one. <laughs> um, Sorry, I forget, forgive myself. Uh, Crusaders and Chiefs. Um, going into this, I think we all pretty much assumed that Crusaders would uh, romp away with this. And after the first few minutes, I thought they were. I thought they were going to put up a massive number because score, f- uh, pretty much first few minutes, Sanders crashes over, and I mean crashes over, Damien McKenzie. Poor oh. Damien McKenzie <laughs> got Poor absolutely McKenzie. flattened. Uh, good attempt. Well, no, not a good attempt. Again, goes high. Uh, in the tackle, which I think we've seen a few of that now in Super Rugby, it's like trying. I know. Look, I'm not one to tell how to tackle uh, a, a rampaging number eight coming at you, but I don't think going high is going to get it done. Uh, and then Will Jordan's follows up quickly afterwards. So at that stage, I thought it was going to be an absolute rout. Uh, Sam, what did you think as well when they were, you know, 12 points up that early? Yeah, straight out the traps. I thought it was going to be. I was like, oh, Crusaders are going to make a massive statement now coming off the back of the last to hurricanes the week before uh so i was like this is going to be horrible on the poor chiefs who have no confidence at all coming out of like what seven straight losses now in the tournament it's, it was never going to look easy but i actually thought either crusaders took the foot off the gas a little bit or chiefs kind of upped it a little bit for pride reasons but chiefs looked okay 
again, like we said, this this is probably our sixth time saying this, where the Chiefs were like not unlucky, but they were not that mm. bad. Like they they keep playing okay and losing, so it's it's sad to say when you get back onto McKenzie though. It's like I was thinking there, I wouldn't be surprised if McKenzie got one of those sweet little like sabbatical years off in Japan next year, just <laughs> to get him over the emotional torment of this yeah. mini season. Yeah. He's just been beating the shit out of, and the poor lad is trying to like. Some points, he's the only Chiefs player that looks like he's trying anything, and the rest of them are like, "Go, Damien, go!" He's <laughs> leading so many like statistical categories, like uh, runs, meters gained, like kicks. Wasn't he? Isn't he like the second highest point scorer in the league in the tournament? Yeah, like they haven't won a game yet. Like that's ridiculous. How's that happen? Well, I, I I can't remember how much he actually scored at the points, but I think he scored like eighty percent of the points. Bar the tries, I think he scored like he scored nine points to start up the second half to keep them in the game just from penalties. So, uh, Wesley, was, again, did you kind of see the Crusaders romping away with it and the Chiefs responded pretty well? I, I, I kind of always thought that the Crusaders would run away with it. Um, but I was really optimistic and kind of like, you know, I was thinking, how many could Chiefs lose? You know, like, they're <laughs> going to win at some point. Like, that's a probability. Like, you will win oh, eventually. Uh, look, at, look at Ireland and the All Blacks. Like, 99 defeats and we beat the Wolves. You know, it's going to happen at some point. Yeah, yeah, when they make a documentary about the first uh, Chiefs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That night in uh, August, in, like in August, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I think. Um, look at. I think Lachlan Boshier had a great game. I think he's been. Yeah. One of the surprise standouts for the Chiefs. Uh, Sam Kane again was all right. I was a little bit more involved this game than the last few games. I thought, but I thought Kane. Um, I thought Kane was excellent this week. Actually, uh, yeah. I'm like I'm looking back at kind of I put together a team of players from the two games that I thought were good, and Kane was the only Chiefs player I would have in it. I thought he was very, very good. Oh, man. Boshier's far better. Yeah. Boshier where, are you, where are you starting Kane? Hmm? Who are your back three? Who, where are you putting Kane? From the weekend. <laughs> Wesley's so upset. Kane, Kane's at seven. Uh, Shannon Frizzell and uh, Kiri Iani are my back. My, my boy Papalini not getting in there. What the hell? Yeah, yeah. Papalini was good, but I don't know. Like It's so hard to tell. Like this, If he had got that try, he would have met it, but he didn't. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll well actually, Westy. A bit of a shout to you. you. You're a big fan of a driving mall, if I do recall correctly. I love a good driving mall. Mall. I'm going to call this section mall porn. Uh, <laughs> Crusaders score an incredible mall just before half time. They must have went forty yards at least uh, right on the stretch of half time. Cody Taylor popping over. Just wanted to highlight Mall Porn of the Week. That section is sponsored by Mall Porn. It's not. There's no, there's no, there's no sponsor. Uh, but you know, it came, I mean, the, the mall came off that yellow card, which I think we were all pretty divided mm. on on the day. You know, I think I thought yes. he was going for the ball. I thought it was a fair challenge. Penalty, maybe. Uh, I'd I agree, yeah. Card, like. Where I fall, fell on it was penalty, yes. Yellow card, no. It's pure instinct. If someone passes the ball right in front of you, you're going to stick your hand out. We, where I disagree with you, Westy, is you were saying he went like that on the ball. Sorry, for, for anyone listening, that was terrible. Putting his hand basically yeah, over the ball. That. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he put his hand on top catch of the ball it. rather than... I would have I would have said if he went underneath it and like maybe popped it up so he could catch it. And, but, see, but definitely not that, a yellow card. I think this only comes up... I was talking to you about this at the time, texting you. I was like, I think this only comes up. One of the problems with the TMO in rugby and the going back and watching things again is they slow it down. And I understand the basis of slowing it down because you need to see the intricate stuff. But things mm. look worse slowed down. Big yeah. hits look far worse slowed down. 
reactionary things look like they're not reactionary slowed down. And that was a reactionary thing. It looks like he had any conscious effort to try, like, to pat the ball down because that's the shape of his hand in super slow-mo. But if that's reactionary, he's trying to catch the ball. He's getting his mm. hand there. He has no real, it's instinctual. It's instinctive. There's no real way of controlling your hand there. And I think that that's something that should be addressed is TMO, keep going to these super slow-mo versions of things. And then it just allows everyone to go nuts about something that was so instinctive that it ha- takes less yeah. than a quarter of a second. Like. When it's instinctive like that, I think yellow card should be for like intentionally dirty play or whatever. That wasn't intentionally... I don't no, think not at all. he wasn't. Like that's yeah. the red is the red is like yeah. intentional foul play, like you know. Yeah, but, but for that though, I, for for a knock on like that, if he's intentionally trying to like he knows he's beaten just intentionally, I think he genuinely went to make a play on the ball. But again, we don't know. But the yeah. second half, then you know the Crusaders are kind of ahead, but then McKenzie kind of pulls the Chiefs back by scruff of the neck, a few penalties. It's uh, 19 points to 20 in favour of the Crusaders. And then the talking point of the game, the the knock-on, was it or was it not? So, uh, Westy, from your expert opinion, uh, what what did you think? I already said it. I don't think... Um, no, not this knock-on. The, for the try, Crusaders try. Oh, yeah. Um, mm. Yeah, I think it might have been. I, I see the ball bounces. Yeah. The ball's going forward because the player's going forward. But the ball doesn't fall forward. He knocks so, it. He knocks it, it. The ball goes forward, but then when he actually passes it, it goes backwards. So go that that initial going forward. That's not a knock on once the ball doesn't touch the ground. Am I correct? Yeah. It goes yeah. forward. Yeah, but he so the ball goes forward off him, but it doesn't hit the ground. He gathers it back, and yeah, then the ball like goes. That, that's just yeah. Fumble for the ball. Like. Then the ball goes backwards. So in my in my opinion, not a knock on. See, the thing is, is that what the commentators are saying and what I think is the problem is that the ball technically lands forward of where he tapped it backwards. He tapped it backwards, but it still travels forward from the place mm. where he tapped it backwards. That's where it's so ambiguous. And it's such That's a, the momentum, isn't it? It's probably mm. the type of thing that we will not see again for years and years because it's that much of a kind of series of unfortunate events. But, you know, he taps it backwards, so it leaves his hand going backwards, which by the letter of the law means that it's not forward but it does travel forward from where that happens because the way the ball is moving at the time, the way he's moving and where the entire play is going. So it makes it so hard to make a decision on. I think it's an extremely kind of tough decision to make. And the position they were in, I think, was the Chiefs were 2019 down at the yeah, time. Yeah, they were just a point down, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's the biggest kick in the sack of anything because the Chiefs have kind of they've gone past a scare of, you know, her, her Crusaders coming out of the traps. They go to 2019 down, and then such a controversial decision that I do think that you know there is there is argument for both sides there because of the two things happening in the one play. Uh, it's so ambiguous that I think the smart decision personally would have been to just go for a scrum and just cut your losses. That's what I think. Uh, but you know we could be sitting here next week, and if Chiefs win, like if this had been a Chiefs win, we could have been talking about that huge decision where they didn't award the try. You know so. Six or one, really. Like it's just, it's such a. Uh, I think once once it leaves his hands backwards, I think no matter because we've seen before where massive passes and it starts backwards, but maybe whether with spin or wind, the ball comes back kind of forward or level nearly. That technically the ball goes backwards and then forwards, but that's still he passes backwards. No, but if the ball leaves your hand and goes backwards and then forwards like that, that does constitute a forward pass. If you're in front, I don't think it does. I think it does, once it yeah, leaves no, it backwards. 
It, Does the, it? Le the leaving of your hand backwards thing is only counts if it ends up going flat or back from where you are. But if you pass it and it goes backwards and it goes forwards, then once it hits the ground in front of where you pass it from, that's a forward pass or knock on. Okay. Well, I still think. Well, look, I, I would, I would, leave, I would think it's fine once it leaves his hands backwards. But uh, yeah, but definitely. You open up like you, you can like you open up to it getting skillful enough that you just put like. I don't know, spin. side spin on it, yeah, and yeah. banana peel around. Like. Yeah. I but then you see you see the other side of that where if a ball sometimes it does go backwards, but once it's spilled by a player, the referee blows knock on regardless. So you see kind of both sides of it where like once they see a ball spilled, they don't even really check it, they just go oh knock on. Yeah. I don't it's such it's such a strange circumstance, just what happened. It was so in the moment, it was a thing that I don't think we'll be talking about again for a couple of years at least, where those two things happen simultaneously. That it's just really unfortunate on Chiefs, and I think yeah. that they can feel aggrieved. Uh, I don't. I think that you know they, they went to check the ball, and it's too hard a decision to make that quickly. Uh, mm. So I do think that they can feel a little bit aggrieved. But like it's like Gatland has said, like this is his third week in a row saying that they can't use the TMO. Uh, or like a bad refereeing decision to blame the loss because it was like it was a substantial enough loss in the end anyway, and they've lost seven in a row. If this was one not one off game where they'd lost it on a bad decision, they could be given out hell. But you've only yourself to blame if you're in this position where you're seven losses straight, eight in the entire competition straight. Like, you know, he's said that himself. He's like that's that those aren't the deciding factors in why they're losing. And no. you know, you can like. It's obvious to see like these big play decisions, like the knock-on decisions, but there are other decisions, other penalty decisions, other turnover decisions that are going mm. their way. Like, I know it's easy to get outraged, and it's really fun to get outraged when this shit seems really obvious. But like, it most mm. of the time, especially as Sam said, across seven games, it's going to balance out unless like mm. there's some sort of conspiracy against Gatland, which I'm not right now. Like, <laughs> Smurf behind the whole all. thing. <laughs> I may, I may have pulled a few strings. <laughs> Smurf in the NZ media. Yeah, yeah, Cats yeah. out. Yeah, exactly. Trying to disprove the Northern Hemisphere coaching method. I know what you're. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, I hate the Lions. You know, Fecca. You know, Fecca. I'm just gonna so South Africa supporter from now on in. Yeah, and again, like, who's to say that even if that is can't or that is rule as a knock on Crusaders still don't go on to win comfortably. Do you know I mean like realistically that probably would have happened because of previous records and Crusaders are just a better team at this stage. Yeah, but it is, it is it is it is obviously slightly annoying for them. But there was well, a point uh, before that where we did kind of muse the Chiefs might actually do it. Yeah. Well when it got back to nineteen twenty, because yeah, the Chiefs scored nine on nine in a row there, nine on the bounce unanswered. Yeah. So the momentum was with them but I still think the Crusaders, well, again, there's no really point in speculating, anything, but I think they would have went on anyway to win. But uh, on a positive note, though, another bit of Richie magic uh, for the last try. Beautiful sidestep yeah. and a pass, and he's just, again, showing his his class um, at, at that position. Um, going forward, then, next kind of fixtures uh, for Crusaders. They host the Highlanders next week. Um, and then the Chiefs uh, go to the Canes. Um, which is another tough. There's, well, there's no easy games in Super Rugby. Yeah, it's, um, like, it's like this law of averages thing is freaking me out now. About yeah. Chiefs. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like Liverpool playing Watford when Liverpool are undefeated. It was like, we have to lose at some stage. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. This, is, this is freaking me out now. Chiefs do have to win something at this stage. Uh, just with the Crusaders going to Islanders, like, I, I, we'll get to it later. Uh, and I'd say we'll all be in agreement of what we think will happen there. But I'd say. The, Islanders by 20? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. 
But I'd say the organizers are absolutely kicking themselves now that they didn't decide on having a grand final and they're just yeah. straight, straight league format because the Crusaders can tie it up now this week and the Blues game is like a dead rubber at the end, which will be so disappointing. That, they, need to, they need to change that immediately. Is that possible, Zoo? I doubt do you that change the, the parameters of a league mid-league. Why not? It's an unprecedented event. Yeah. I, I disagree. Well, I mean, Crusaders can't oh, tie it up this weekend. Screw you, Westy, for disagreeing. Crusaders can't. No, they, can't. they can. They're on 24 now, and Blues are on 22 with a game extra played. Which means that Crusaders. when they're uncatchable, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. If the, so, the Blues have to lose this weekend, though, for it to be. Blues aren't playing. Blues aren't playing. Oh, this they're weekend, off. So, so yeah. Crusaders, if Crusaders get a five points off of this, they go to 29 points, and yeah. Blues will be on 22. Yeah, they should have uh, in the last round minus points uh, for stuff, so the you know so they can get deducted. Again, yeah, I, I think I should run these things. These would be way more exciting if I was running this. It was probably just no, probably just an oversight on their part, thinking that this was essentially a way of keeping all the players fit. They didn't. I doubt they envisaged it being the only rugby anyone would watch for months. And like, even when other rugby is starting to be on TV, like I'm, I've already checked out of the uh, Australian one because. I can't watch it. I never, che- I never checked in. If I, I, was in honest, I was in so... it for two weeks, but the third week, I was like, I was, the quality isn't that good. I prefer to watch the highlights of the Arturoa again. <laughs> yeah. And, and, I, there, I and the highlights are crap. I the Brumbury's game. <laughs> yeah, Westy got a nap in. It was, it was a good game. I was just wrecked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll move on to the second game of the weekend, then Sunday morning, Highlanders versus the Blues. Um, I only seen the highlights of this game because if any of the eagle-eyed viewers have seen, I'm actually not. I'm in a new apartment, so I was busy that morning. Um, blue star powerfully though, Ioanni from the scrum, who's mauled Scott Gregory. Scott Gregory's had a tough Super Rugby Arturoa, especially um, against the Blues. Especially against the Blues, yeah, nightmare first game. And again, I respect the bravery for taking that challenge on because I wouldn't like to stand in front of Ioanni coming off a of scrum personally. Yeah. Um, but uh, Wesley, kind of, you've seen the, you've seen this game. Um, it's a great win for the Blues, obviously away from home. But what was your kind of synopsis of it? Um, yeah, I thought it was good. I mean, it was a good, it was a good solid win in the end. Um, I think they definitely made hard work of it at times. It wasn't kind of a consistent eighty-minute performance. Um, but I mean, I think a lot of that was a brilliant kind of leadership from Aaron Smith and the Highlanders. I mean, they. They got a very good try and they kind of cleverly took their points and kind of built their way back into the game. Um, and there was a point there where I kind of thought maybe Highlanders might do it. But no, I think, again, I think I said last week as well, I think the kind of leadership team, well, what I envision as a leadership team in the Blues kind of stood up to be below to. And uh, I think Caleb Clark was like, it was like week one, Caleb Clark. It was like nobody mm. had ever seen him and didn't expect him to barrel through people. It's just <laughs> brilliant. Fool me once, shame on me yeah. twice. Yeah, I know he is because that crossfield kick from Bowden, he was in a disadvantaged position. The player had all the momentum. Caleb Clark was in the air when he got the ball, and he still just like get off me. I was I texted him time. I was like, please don't be offside because I did not see <laughs> yeah. how he got there in time. Like, I, oh. I think they might have checked it off camera, but like, I was convinced. I was like, how did he get there so quick? Yeah. Sam, what did you think? Yeah. Uh, Exactly the same as Westy, really, but I thought like 24-16 at halftime, it was close enough. The end, 32-21. It's not a bad showing from the Highlanders. I think that they haven't disgraced themselves. I know that, like, if you look at the table there, uh, I'll just get it up now. They're like, they're not 
you know, they're on 10 points, Hurricanes are on 16. You'd think that Canes will be Chiefs now next weekend and kind of open up that gap between... You better hope they do, Sam. You better two. hope they do. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll be sick next week now if, that, if they don't. But, yeah, uh, if Hurricanes lose this weekend, Sam will be mysteriously sick for next week's <laughs> podcast, I would imagine. Uh, but I just thought that... Uh, I thought Blues were very classy in the way that they played. Like, there was nothing wrong with how Highlanders played. Like Wes said, that there was uh, some good performances Aaron Smith was good uh, he wasn't given a second of time though uh, Finley Christie uh, was just absolutely everywhere he's he's been brilliant the whole tournament so far and he's like he's just sticking his name in the hat as well like so everyone keep an yeah, eye out for him uh, I don't think his, his name has not been pulled from that hat I don't think unfortunately I wouldn't him. be surprised now he's been absolutely excellent for the entire tournament and like I don't know Offhand, how old he how old he is? I'll check now, but I'd say he's young enough, is he? I'll check. You you keep talking. Yeah, uh, and then Caleb Clark was just brilliant. He ran the show, ran so hard. There was about three or four times, and there was numerous people hanging off him trying to get a uh, trying to get him down, and it wasn't working. And then the offload for Finley Christie's uh, were between himself and Barrett for Finley Christie's second try towards the end was just, they were brilliant. The whole the whole team, I thought Blues were excellent and I'd love for them to be in with a sh- shot. Like if, if Crusaders did lose next week to make it really interesting because then there would be a three-way kind of push for the finish uh, going into the last week because Canes would still be in with a shout if they beat Chiefs this weekend. It would make for a really, really interesting tournament, uh, finish to the tournament. Finley Christie's 24, by the way. 24, like, you know, he's got good future ahead of him like Peter Paranara is getting on now like Aaron Smith's been around for a while like I wouldn't be surprised if he started being more involved in squads and stuff so uh, like he's he's a great player he's he's such a good he saw I think I said it last week as well he doesn't he doesn't make mistakes you know what I mean he's he's just he's a solid player he's gonna he's gonna give you everything he has every week like for the two tries he's, he could have had three tries really if he was really greedy and tried it but he selflessly again passed it off but the two tries, they were like classic sniper kind of scrum half tries, like follow the player the whole way up the field. Like both tries, he came from the opposite side of the field pretty much to, to get them. Yeah. So like it was textbook scrum half play. It was brilliant to watch. Um, Looking but, at yeah. the here now, interesting little Scottish born. Oh, well, that doesn't With surprise me. With a name like Finley Christie, yeah. is anybody surprised? Yeah. Well, yeah, he's, still, he's still, as of yet, uncapped for the All Blacks. Uh, if I was Scotland, I'd be sticking a few... Yeah. Now the Laidlaw's gone, too. It'd be interesting. Uh, even if you got him to go to France and earn a rake of money in France but play for Scotland, like... Big boots to fill, though, Sam. Big boots to fill. <laughs> big boots. Big boots in big Japan. Boot, anyway. Big boots in Japan. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I thought Bowden Barrett and his goal kicking aside, because his goal kicking was poor. Like, uh, I, I thought he was... 40%. Yeah, mm. I thought he was... And one of those was just a complete gimme that they gave him. Yeah. <laughs> just to make him feel a little better about himself. That's one even I was confident I would kick over myself. I thought he was... Uh, <laughs> I thought he was thoroughly underwhelming. Uh, I thought the kick was very good for Caleb Clarks and the big skip pass for... Uh, yeah. The try at the end were both great, but other than that, I thought all he, he didn't run anything particularly better than anyone else would. I, I was it wasn't the Bowden I'm hoping to see. I was really hoping to see him be unleashed as the out half because you know he has eyes for that out half and he wants to prove. And if he wants to displace Moanga, he's gonna have to do something massive now against Crusaders next week. Uh, is it, I'm dying to see is Dan Carter. Oh yeah, it's the Bowden I want to see. I, I seen that he was did he did a Q and on Instagram, um, which I tuned into, um, but he was saying that he's still still carrying that uh, ankle niggle. Yeah, 
Is he on so, any wages here for Blues? Like, is he just getting the softest little paycheck? Ever? Oh, and keep getting them checks as well, Dan Carey. You, you do. He should be paid for just being that handsome. That's what he should be paid for. Uh, but are we a bit worried in regards to? And correct me if I'm wrong, but we haven't really seen a 80 minutes performance from the Blues where it was just complete and utter domination. It seems to be 20 minutes here. 10 minutes off, 20 minutes again, 10 minutes off. Do you know what I mean? We haven't seen like a dominant... Like I feel like the Canes put up a complete performance against Crusaders to beat them. Have we seen that from Blues yet, do we think? I don't know. I think I think that's kind of one of the ways that Canes kind of outfox the Blues. Was Canes, especially in kind of their uh, their line speed, let's say, in defence, like they were 100% for, I mean, if not 80 minutes, 75 minutes, mm. 70 minutes. Okay, I did say they had a kind of a brief lull in kind of the seven, uh, 60 to 70 minute mark uh, where they kind of couldn't do anything with their attacking ball. But I think their defensive kind of uh, commitment for the 80 minutes was unbelievable. Uh, when I look at that compared to, compared to the Blues, I, I don't really see it there. Not that there's anything wrong per se. That's something they're not doing, but like they just can't seem to be that consistent for the 80 minutes. Um, yeah, I'd say... Think, oh. I was going to say, I do think like they're missing a little bit in Hoskins Tutu. Mm. Um, although yeah. you wouldn't know at the weekend. Um, Hoskins, by the way, who's still leading the league in turnovers, <laughs> having I... not played the last three games. <laughs> so that just shows you the impact that it, yeah they are missing that. But is it, is it a bit of that on Bowden? As you say, he's he hasn't he has been underwhelming in a lot of games. Sam, yeah, I, I think I think uh, I definitely think that there is a bit on Bowden there. I think not. Uh, unfortunately. For him, really, uh, because Otero Black was actually doing so well at out half. Bowden hasn't been given the opportunity to run it from a 10. I was hoping he would do it at the weekend, and I was underwhelmed. There was moments of, you know, Bowden brilliance, like the big pass and, the, you know, the vision. And then there was, before the big pass, there was a beautiful dummy where he sold, like he was going to do that exact same cross field kick again. Like So there were moments of brilliance uh, from him. But I do think that, yeah, it's a lot of... The reason they haven't been as consistent has been probably him coming in and out of form, but them wanting him to be like I'm almost trying to play him into form uh, by using him as much as possible or by you know giving him what he wants. Uh, it was nice to see a Terry Black on at the weekend again, you know, because all the injuries you don't want to see that, especially someone who at the time was riding such a crest of a wave. But just going back to kind of what you were asking about, like whether or not we should be worried about them. I think that if I'm looking at them versus Hurricanes, I think Hurricanes have the ability to play that 80 minute game of being absolutely dominate dominating but for it to not work every game like you know you saw the, two, the first two games of the season it didn't work but then it's it's come good in the last couple of games but i think what blues are doing uh, and like you know personally i'd love to be proven wrong because i'm not the biggest fan of them i don't in the long run want them to be as successful as the hurricanes uh, but i think that what they're doing is looking to build uh, to get to a stage in the next few years where they have that sort of ability like crusaders to win at a canter and turn it on when they need to. Uh, and that's why you buy players like, so you bring in players like Golden Barrett and stuff. You bring in experience, you bring in good players. And like Dan Carter being in the fold, I know he hasn't played yet, but that's probably why he's there is to kind of teach that mentality and bring that sort of thing in. Then with the Tutu, who's going to develop into the player we think he is or hope he is. And that Dalton Papa Ely, like Kiri Leone, there's such a good squad there that. With a little bit of consistency, even if it's not consistency of a hundred percent domination, the way that Hurricanes have played the last few weeks, consistency the way Crusaders have done it, and gotten to a stage where Crusaders don't have to really take their 
like put the foot down if they don't need to. I think that that's where they're probably looking to go in the next few years. Because like on paper, Blues are stacked. They've got amazing players across the board, but they just can't seem to. Because the last game against Crusaders, they're going to need that eighty-minute amazing performance to really even have a chance. Because that's you know how good the Crusaders are. But if you put them on paper compared to a, a Hurricanes, um, I would say on paper the Blues would look better. You know they've got amazing talent across the, across the field. But um, just as well, we we will mention uh, Chiefs end of the game with a nice try from Westy's best friend Shannon Frizzell. Oh yeah. Um, so just that was nice. Had to give him a shout out. Obviously, friend of the pod, friend of the pod. Uh, final score though, thirty two twenty one to the Blues. Uh, probably, I would say yeah. Probably I would say that's a fairly deserved scoreline. I'll take that silence as agreement. I'm letting West go in there, but yeah, I think uh, it's deserved. It's 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 not disgraceful in the Highlanders. Uh, I think it's kind of it it relatively sums up the game as like Blues were just just about more than a score better. Uh, no, I think like, yeah, okay. So the whole game maybe just about a score better, but you have to give them credit. They had ten solid minutes of goal line defense. Okay, oh, yeah. you can argue maybe that yellow card should have come a little bit earlier, but even after the yellow card, defense was still there, still held them out. I think, like, as you're saying, okay, it's not the defensive structure that we see from the Hurricanes where it's kind of a lot more consistent, but I think every player on that pitch earned their fucking 11 point victory in that last 10 minutes. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm not getting at, like, that they didn't deserve it. I'm saying, like, you, you are, know, Sam, you Hi- are. Hi- <laughs> Highlanders were asking. Like Highlanders were asking questions and asking questions and asking questions, and Blues were showing up with the answer to each. They didn't dominate. Like they yeah. defended absolutely brilliantly, but they ne- they definitely didn't dominate. And I think that you know under a two-score victory, which is what it was, it was just over a score victory, is fair on both teams. Uh, which is what I kind of think. That's what I was trying to sum up there. I didn't think that you know I didn't think it was overly close, but I didn't think it was too far away either. Like I don't think Highlanders were in any way you know whipping boys in the game. Uh, and I thought like Smurf kind of alluded to earlier, I think. Blues, uh, offensively or on attack, came in and out, kind of drifted in now a little bit. Uh, but I did think, like defensively, yeah, we talked about it at the weekend myself and yourself, Wesley. They were just unbelievable. Like they defended so so well, and the structure never dropped, and that was all so smart about it. Uh, and you know, there there was a good game. It was good to watch. But like you know, for me, the Super Rugby Arturo mentality is like going out and watching absolutely stunning rugby. Uh, I love like I love a game that's 45-44, you know that way. Like, but uh, no, I like you can't deny the Blues are very good, and hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, Crusaders lose next week and allow us have that big finish on the last day. I, it's worth mentioning as well, like Blues were like last season, Blues weren't really anywhere near this competitive. I don't want to go as far as say they were the Chiefs of last season. But they have been they have been whipping boys for years now. Yeah. Like all the all the yeah. articles you read about them when you're looking up stuff for the research in the podcast and stuff is is like Blues finally have their act together. You know, it's been years yeah. since they were good. Like but that's what I'm saying is that like it's it's not all going to come together in one season. I think okay, you can say like Bowden on the pitch maybe not as dominant as we thought, but I think I think his influence is far more important mm. off the pitch in the structure Blues yeah. have. Like if you look at that last ten minutes, like let's go back to two months ago when. Uh, Bowden Barrett turns up day one of Blues preseason mm. and breaks a Bronco record. So yeah. I, th- I think Bowden and probably Dan Carr as well helped foster that like mentality of winning, that mentality of work rate. So okay, maybe they're not contributing as much as we expected on the pitch. But I think I think look, I don't have Bowden's running statistics in front of me, but like 
I see him everywhere on the pitch. I see his work rate high, and I think that is something that's really pulling the team together. I think a lot of the leaders that I've mentioned in the team are seeing that and are matching that with their work rate. They definitely, yeah. yeah, they definitely are a team of leaders. Like you look at at any point, any of the like, there's about eleven or twelve of them could be the captain on the pitch. Like even when Hoskins Tutu was on the pitch for the first few weeks, we were saying like he was leading the charge. He was the lad that was getting the hold up turnovers and all that sort of stuff. Like Tupelotu, Bowden, uh, they're they're all leading it, which is definitely going to stand to them in the years to come. You know, you got a good development team there. It was interesting to see how much effort they put into the Bowden thing with him going off for a year now to Japan. Like, Terry Black was doing so well at our half. Uh, is the Bowden 15 the long-term project for them? Like, you're developing a Terry Black there for a year without Bowden, and then for Bowden to be not getting on, obviously, he's not old at all, but, like, you have the chance to have Bowden at 15 and Terry Black for the long haul there. So that might be what they're looking to do uh, in the long run. Yeah, I, I I agree totally with what you say about the off the off the pitch influence. He definitely brings a lot. Um, Highlanders though, um, at, at no at no no week off or no easy week for them traveling through Crusaders, um, which I think we're all going to be rooting for them this weekend just to keep it interesting. Um, I think you know Highlanders have a chance, uh, you know, to do something. In fairness, they're not by no means any slouches, so. Hopefully they cause an upset and uh, keeps us interesting uh, for another. Well, for the league anyway, it's always going to be interesting. But uh, going forward for the actual championship and the champions, um, I think that's it, lads. Appreciate it as always. Um, you can follow us uh, the podcast on Twitter at none underscore podcast. Uh, follow the rest of uh, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, all on Master None Podcast. Uh, I'll be uploading on YouTube the full podcast plus snippets as well. Um, some some hidden gems, you know, from West Ear Sam there. So, um, look, lads, appreciate it. Um, see you next week. Catch you later. See you yeah. guys.